Hi, welcome to Talking Design. You're with Stephen Crafty at RMIT University in Melbourne, and I'm here with Denise Sprinsky, who's Senior Lecturer in Fashion and Acting Program Manager in the uh, Bachelor of Design Fashion uh, at RMIT. Welcome to the show, Denise. Thank you, Stephen. It's lovely to be here. Now, Denise, you're very modest. It took some uh, coercing to get you to come on the show because you said, oh, you know, there are other people. And I said, no, look, I'm, you're on my radar. So thanks for coming in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> I, know, I know. I am shy. I am you're shy. very shy. But um, <laughs> you with your business partner, Peter Boyd, who also lectures in fashion, in tailoring and collections at RMIT, you've been going for a very very long time. That's right. That's right, Stephen. It's funny, actually, to sit here back at RMIT, where it all began. Peter and I met at RMIT back in, oh, I'd say it would have been 1990, 1991. So that was really a terrible year. I mean, you met Peter, but it was the recession. That's right. And it was really difficult. I mean, when we first started... We you were, were studying fashion at we RMIT? both studying fashion at RMIT. And at the time, the building was down on Latrobe Street, 123 Latrobe Street. And Peter and myself, we had a love-hate relationship, actually. It was quite funny when I think about it. We were very competitive and we had very different design styles. In what sense? Um, Peter absolutely adored Terry Moogler, loved Terry Moogler. For those who don't know Terry Moogler, he was um, the big Parisian, is a big Parisian fashion designer and very constructed and tailored. That's right. Huge shoulder pads. That's right. That's Nipped right. in waist. <laughs> it was really interesting. And I absolutely adored Jean-Paul Gaultier. And people had known Jean-Paul Gaultier, mm. wonderful designer. Um, and so after graduating, we decided, well, we were really quite unemployable, I think. We had a very strong design vision and we decided to start our own practice. Literally after leaving RMIT. Absolutely. It was a brave step. And like you said, it was the recession. So it was very hard mm. at that time to find employment. And so we, so we started our... Um, our label, and we found a, a modest premise in Flinders Lane. Um, and it was a great building. I think Cara Baker was mm -hmm. on the on the fourth floor. She was living there and had her business, and there were various other bookshops and mm -hmm. designers in the building. And that that was in 19, about 1994. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how long we've been together for. <laughs> Coming up to 20 years. Absolutely. Yes, we'll have to, have, we'll have to do something special next year for the 20th anniversary. And, and Denise, how do you start a business? I mean, what, what did you see was missing in the market when you were graduate, when you just started your oh, business? We, I mean, we, we came out and we just had um, rose-coloured glasses, really. I think we were really quite naive. Um, we did have a passion. We were, we were absolutely connected with what was happening in Europe and we were questioning why, why couldn't we do something like this here? You know, why, why was the media and also a lot of the companies that were based here at the time looking to Europe and travelling to Europe and not really putting a lot into Australian design? It was a time of, you know, Trent Nathan, yeah. labels like that, and big, bigger companies, bigger concerns. So we're very, very few. I think we'd had the Fashion Design Council and then that had That gone. was through the 80s. That's right, that had gone. And so there were very few independent labels getting a lot of media. So Peter and I were quite passionate about this and we thought, you know, we're going to make a go of this. We're going to really try to use, when I think about it, it's funny, try to use Australian 
wool. We were passionate about that. Um, local manufacturing and show our work in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yes, na- naivety does help. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do? You th- put a collection together? We put a, we put a collection together and... We were quite gutsy, actually, because we'd, we'd seen some of the shows in, in Europe and we thought, look, we can stage this in our own studio. So in the rickety studio, I think it was like 700 square metres in Flinders Lane, quite dilapidated, we thought we'd, we'd, we'd have our own collections, we'd have our, stage our own shows and quite gutsy. We, I remember we invited Robin Healy. She was the curator at the National Gallery of Victoria at the time. And key buyers mm-hmm. from Melbourne, Georgina Weir, we invited her and um, Lucy De Silva. And we set up chairs and we had our friends model the work. <laughs> and we had live music. <laughs> I think we had a cello player. It was, you know, all rather doom and gloom. And out came the models. We had hair and makeup done. And we were thinking about the total look too, from yeah. complete from what head was the down early, to... What was the early work like, Denise, from memory? Um, the early work, and this was driven through the fact that we had a lack of money. Mm. You know, a lot of designers at start now, they, they have a bit of um, finance behind them, but we had mm. an absolutely no money. So um, we were looking for sponsorship quite a bit and using the remnants, we stumbled across a factory and we thought, well, there was a knit fa- factory and we thought we'd use some of the remnants from... Um, their collections and more or less recut, recycle, and that's how recycling was really mm-hmm. created for six at that time. So we're using Adding. a lot of found garments. So the work was quite raw. It was a real collage, a mishmash of different, different um, techniques, and you know. So we'd be using jeans with um, business shirts mixed with tailored jacket pieces. And I suppose Peter's love of tailoring <laughs> would have, would have uh, appealed to him using suit jackets. That's right, absolutely. And because we trained at RMIT, it wasn't it wasn't kind of um, how could I put it a D, DIY approach. You know, we were looking at some of these garments and analysing them and thinking how can we turn the patterns? In, how can we create a pattern from mm-hmm. these used garments? So, what's the next stage? You, you, I mean, what was the reaction to that show? The reaction to that show was 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 wonderful. Georgina Weir was one of the first people to to take on our work. Director of Le Louvre. Yes, that's right. Which Le Louvre was in Collins Street and is now has now relocated to South Yarra. Um, but Georgina Weir, I think, because she was buying labels like Mutt Margiela and. Um, supporting Andrew Willemester and a lot of the Belgian designers. When she saw our work, she understood what we were doing. Now, mm. it was interesting. She 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 opened the doors to a lot of good buyers for us, and mm. one of them being Wendy Marshall from El, El Boutique in Perth. Mm. And who's been there for decades? I know, absolutely. Mm. And you know, she's seen it. She's been a great supporter of Australian design and brought a lot of labels back into um, Australia that we would never have seen at that time. Mm. Now it's different. You've yeah. got the internet, you know, yeah. you've got online shopping, yeah. so you, yeah. you have access to all of this. But back, back then, you had to really rely on um, people the like local. Georgina and the buyer, the local buyers bringing in some of these wonderful labels. So she gave us our first opportunity and um, 
I remember, I, I think I sent Peter into the store. It was interesting, actually. I said, oh, no, I'm too, I'm too frightened. You go in. You, you take the collection. I can't do that. And so... This is to La Louvre. Up he went to La Louvre and he said that he arrived and they were sitting around. I think it was four o'clock in the afternoon and Georgina had some friends there and they were sitting downstairs sipping on a glass of white wine and he walked into the salon and she said come on now you know show us what you've got and then he had to do a show and tell you know showing um some of the work and she said she was interested and she offered us a window in and for five years um at every christmas we did a little display in La Louvre's window, which was prime property when yeah. you think about it. It's wonderful. Street. Collins Street, top end of Collins Street. And she let us do anything really and it was wonderful. Fantastic. So how does the uh for people who don't know Six's label, because it is fairly mm. niche, how do, how would you describe it now? If people to visualise your work, how would it's still quite deconstructed it is quite deconstructed and i know a lot of people shy away from that but really there's a there's an inquisitive with tailoring so when i say tailoring people think of savile row or they think of you know um a, a tailor jacket that has you know it's very clean cut with the design with the lapels with the shoulders but i suppose we have a real um curiosity about the inner structure of the garment so a lot of the garments are turned inside out or um, they're also mixed with fabrics that have quite a bit of embellishment. So quite often we'll take a, we'll take a tailored jacket, it, we may cut off the sleeves, turn it upside down, create... Painted. Paint, painted, that's right, create a pair of trousers, <laughs> insert a shirt. So really, if you think about the basics that you have in your wardrobe, whether it's a, um, a suit jacket, it might be a pair of pants, it might be a T-shirt or a shirt... They're, they're the garments that we always look towards and then we try to reconfigure those. Having said that, most of these garments, even though they're hand hand cut and handmade, they can, we then create another little pattern from that and that can go through a factory. And the other good thing about your clothing is it can be refashioned. So clients can bring Absolutely. back things and say, look, I want to change in the look of it. I want this, I want that. Absolutely. And you'll just rework it for them. Absolutely. And we're passionate about that. I mean, you know, people do have, they are really attracted and they they love some of their garments in their wardrobe. You know, they're, they're very sad if, you know, there's a hole in a pocket or, you know, there's stitching that's unravelling around the, their shoulder line or something. And they'll, they'll bring a jacket in or they'll bring a garment and ask us, can you do? Can you reconfigure it for me? Is there a way that you can um, use a print technique, for example, um, to give, give it, it a new, new life? life. Um, I was going to ask you, Denise. You've got a couple of. Uh, I wonder who asked you first thing. How you and Peter work together? What's the People, process? It's interesting. People ask us this all the time, you know, and. In the past, you know, you look and you see two people in a label and people assume, oh, one person must handle the business and, and one, one person must handle the design. And people would have seen the wonderful film on Valentino. And this comes across, doesn't it, with, with um, Valentino and his partner. You know, he's handling the business and Valentino's handling the design. Peter and I are not like that at all. Um, we do everything together and most of it is a conversation and it starts with a design conversation or it could be a problem 
and we always come back to the same set of garments. Like I said, we have a passion for the tailored garments, mm. and so we might see something within um, a print technique. We might do something experimental, and so we'll start with a series of swatches. We don't start with drawings. It's not a linear process. Mm. We happily jump between draping on the stand and then we show each other what we've done and then maybe one person will start a part of that garment and then the other person will pick it up. So, so you almost quite... finish off each other's exactly, sentences. Exactly. It's quite <laughs> it's quite interwoven. It's scary, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I was going to ask you, Denise, you've got two major things happening at the moment, so you're probably a bit stressed out. Yes. Tell us about those two things. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the first project is... Um, it's called Cité, and excuse me for my bad French, Cité de Milfieu, and um, it's City of a Thousand Leaves. And it's, a, it's an exhibition that we're putting together, um, leading on from our interest in flags. And it's going to be held in Athens on um, November the 18th at a wonderful contemporary visual art gallery called Atopos. Um, and we approached Atopos oh, nearly over a year ago to show um, s- some examples of our work. And Vasilis Zidanakis, um, who is one of the directors there, was really intrigued by the way that we um, were using the flag. Um, and I, we showed a collection based around flags. I think it was at L'Oreal in 2010. I remember that show. Yes. And um, he was interested in the way we were using the recycled flags. And so we put forward a proposal that we would have a look at Athens. Athens is a really interesting city, of course, Um, of course, with the Acropolis and the history surrounding Athens, having a look at Athens and having a look at a recent project that we um, completed at La Bassa, the historic mansion, the mansion, yes, that's right, the National Trust Mansion in Caulfield. Um, And so we more or less named it, a subtitle was When Cities Collide. And it's interesting to see how can we use both of these historic um, sites and blend them together. So I'm working on that exhibition at the moment with Peter. Um, A little symposium Mm -hmm. will come out of that. A lot of it's based on square cutting and the Greek chiton, the Greek chiton was a, a mm-hmm. square garment worn in classical Greece. And so there'll be quite a bit of conversation around this. And we're hoping to bring that symposium back to Melbourne next year. The, the, mm-hmm. <laughs> coinciding with this out of the blue, um, we were approached by um, Stuart from Spacecraft. Um, Stuart Russell. That's Thank you. Thank you, mm-hmm. Stuart Russell from Spacecraft, to um, be a part of Melbourne now and to be a part of the public art section of Melbourne now. This and is was, at the National Gallery and of Victoria. And that's National Gallery of Victoria. And this exhibition will open on the 22nd of November. Um, but for us, it was interesting. Stuart approached us and he said, would you be interested in doing some flags? And I thought... Wonderful, wonderful. You know, it was just wonderful because it's something we're working on for Athens. It's what we've been doing, you know, since 2010. So we've been given a site. Um, It's in Burke Street. It's 
the Commonwealth Building, um, terrific building, two flagpoles. We're working with Evans and Evans, the flag makers, mm-hmm. um, to produce the work. And we're a part of it with, I think there's 10 other artists. And it's an interesting one. We're the only fashion designers in that particular group. Um, I think there's something like four, isn't there? There'd be four different exhibitions mm-hmm. that make up Melbourne mm-hmm. now. It's quite a big thing. So that's really exciting. Denise, fashion's gone through interesting phases mm-hmm. in the last 20 years, as you know. <laughs> Where are we at now? Because it's it's an awkward time. We've kind of it's almost very confusing out there at the moment for fashion, for mm. people, either buyers or retail, you know, retailers, and even the consumer. It's almost there's not a, a certain look that people can kind of latch onto anymore. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. It's, I suppose I don't see it as looks, but I do think that people are into the experience. They're definitely into mm. that. And you think about this. There's a lot. Of, this is this is a time for the niche labels to mm. really take a to come forward in in all of this. I think we've had the big shows with Alexander McQueen, you know, the big blockbusters, the $100,000 shows, the John Gallianos. Of course, everybody loves a, a good show, and that's showing clothing really that is, is not really accessible to a lot of people. But I, I suppose what I see in Melbourne and... In parts, in other parts of the world, Antwerp especially, is in that there is Antwerp. yes, is there a, is there a, is a return to um, looking at some of those smaller designers and having the experience of shopping? And I think this mm. is something the internet can't, it can never do. I agree. It can with you. never do. And people just love to come into somebody's workroom or studio or space that shows their vision and have that entire experience with And a shopping. more personal, personalised experience. Absolutely. So to answer your clothing about looks, I think that this will... I think that there will be a, a big revolution with textiles. I think textiles always show the way as to what designers can and can't do. If you think about Izzy Miyake, mm-hmm. so very good designer, um, and a lot of the um, investigating with new textiles, wonderful techniques. I think that there'll be a lot of moulded forms. And I do agree with Walter Van Berendong, who was out here recently, when he said that, um, you know, we've been using the sewing machine for years, but we'll see a lot of 3D modelling coming through and a lot of seamless garments. This will take a while with the technology. So a bit like the move with architects, say, 10, 15 years ago, moving to CAD. Absolutely. So we, we, we may see that, and that's a hard thing for a lot of the smaller independent designers, but I think it's also they'll be, they'll be coming forward because they offer the experience for their shoppers and then behind the scenes we'll have a lot of this advanced It technology. must be um, wonderful, Denise, for you and Peter to actually see the young students coming through and what they're producing. It, it's interesting, actually, Stephen, and, and from year to year people say to me, is... What they like about RMIT, we don't have a house style. Mm -hmm. So we see, like, for instance, each year there'll be somebody different within the show Um, because, as you know, we have quite a big show at Melbourne Spring Fashion Week and a lot of our students are very successful with the National Graduate Showcase for L'Oreal, Melbourne Fashion Festival. So you'll see quite a bit. There'll be quite a few students that will look still look to... um, 
the older technologies or the hand, the handwork, yeah. and then there'll be others that will embrace the new technologies. And I suppose at the moment with the 3D, more, like you said, with the architects, with the 3D modelling, um, they're still grappling with it. They're not... I. They haven't, I look at the students and I think, hold on, you know, you're still using it like an accessory Rather. when you see some of these pieces. It's not like Iris Van Erpen, mm -hmm. the Swedish designer, where, you know, you're getting that whole look using that form of technology. You've had um, some amazing success with students um, over the years, and there's just a couple that come to mind, and I went to see their work in the beginning and I thought, wow, it's really quite a different level. Mm. Uh, one who comes to mind was Sam Fisher, who's now working with Vivian Westwood in London. And I remember seeing his work on the on the catwalk, thinking, "Where's this guy come from?" Mm. And the other person who's doing extraordinarily well uh, in Iceland now is Srulli Recht, who won Menswear Designer in Berlin a couple of years ago, and is now supplying a number of leading stores mm. throughout the world. So I think when you produce that type of talent, it must something's must be going well or being done right why do you why do you think I think that I think the team the team that um, work with these students and you've got to remember it's, it's a process that does begin in first year they're very tough there's a lot of critical thinking there and we encourage them to um, support each other within their peer group also we have um, we have quite a bit of we have quite a bit of um, contact with people from other industries. We don't only look towards fashion. So, for instance, our collaborations with architecture and interior design have been really successful. And setting up panels to constantly um, critique, analyse, look at the work, be and and speak and write about the work. I think this is really important. I think it's something we do really well at RMIT. Um, Sam Fisher, you bring him up, it's interesting actually, he's teaching drape for us um, at the moment in tailoring and he's teaching a studio called The Drunken Tailor. But is he still working with Vivian? He left Vivian, oh. he left Vivian, he had. To, he left Vivian um, to come back to Australia for a right. little bit, yes, but oh no, he can, he can go back to Vivian Westwood any any time he Amazing likes. Amazing talent. Look, Denise, it's been an absolute treat having you on the show. I think I could talk to you about fashion endlessly. Um, I've been following your work for many years um, and you are very unique with a very distinct signature and look, just wish you all the best for Athens and also for um, Melbourne um, Melbourne now because I think they're both two exciting uh, ventures that you're probably excited but also very anxious about. Thank you, Stephen. Look, it's a pleasure to, to be here. I, I was nervous, but I, I, I thank you very much for your perseverance. <laughs> Thanks, Denise. You've been with Stephen Crafty, Talking Design at RMIT University in Melbourne.